It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Agriculture Conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. And today we are going to be joined by a member of the Montana Stock Growers Association staff, that being their executive vice president, Mr. Jay Bonner. We're discussing an announcement by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that the grizzly bear will be retained as a threatened species under the Endangered Species Act in the lower 48 states. We'll discuss how this impacts ranchers and why the stock growers believe science is not a part of this decision-making process. We'll be back right after these words. NCBA is leading the fight for the rights of cattle and beef producers across the nation. From leading the charge to protect the cattle industry from the impacts of COVID-19 and delivering CFAP relief for cattle producers, NCBA is working for you each and every day. NCBA is seeking new opportunities for profitability for cattle producers and protecting you from government overreach. If you're a member, we thank you for your support. If you're not a member, we'd like you to join us. Just call 1-866-BEEF-USA or visit ncba.org to join today well as we come back to our conversation here today uh the topic at hand as i mentioned in the intro is that the u.s fish and wildlife service has announced it will be recommending no changes to the current listed status of the grizzly bear in the lower 48 states it will remain as a threatened species under the endangered species act and this is an issue that is very troubling to ranchers landowners and of course the montana stock growers association who is joining us here today their executive vice president jay bonder joins us from the state capital in helena montana jay first off uh, how's your day going up in our state capital today well, it's going pretty well, actually. It, uh, you know, these last few days, there's just a big push to get a lot of hearings done. Uh, they're trying to get to, to the Easter break, and certainly things are happening fast and furious. But all in all, I think um, we're doing well representing egg, and, and uh, things are going pretty well. Well, again, uh, thanks for your work up in Helena, you and your team, and of course, all the stock grower leaders that take the time to to head to Helena to testify or even uh, via Zoom uh, to share uh, their testimonies here during the legislative session in Montana. But back to our topic at hand, the Montana Stock Growers is pretty uh, dissatisfied with the decision out from the Biden administration's U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Of course, that is housed within the Department of Interior. You know, MSGA has been a very strong voice in pursuing the delisting of the grizzly bear and allowing the states the ability to manage the species. Uh, for our listeners out there, what, what does this announcement mean to those efforts and where is the Montana stock is going to go from here? Yeah, certainly I think it raises a tremendous amount of concerns because science is not being included into the decision, I guess, in our view. We, we we, um, we actually hit uh, the recovery goals in 1997, and uh, this actually should be celebrated as a success story, and yet we're still working on trying to get bears delisted. And I think from a perspective of landowners, agricultural users, um, we've seen the expansion of grizzly bears across Montana. They're getting far outside their normal recovery goals and zones and they're impacting livestock producers. We've seen the depredation rates on an increasing trend, and yet now we're gonna have very limited tools to be able to protect livestock and ag users across the state. 
Now, one of the talking points and uh, visuals that the Montana Stock Growers has put out there is, of course, uh, the total livestock losses in the state of Montana uh, and also losses in terms of payments that ranchers have received due to depredation. Uh, How does this uh, really go hand in hand and why the bear needs to be managed by the state of Montana? Yeah, I think that's really evident that shows that bears are expanding into new territory. They're, um, they're certainly reaching uh, new producers out there. They're impacting livestock. They are, um, there are significant conflicts with livestock in certain areas of the state. And yet now we're going to have very limited tools, like I mentioned, to be able to remove those conflict bears out of the equation. And Uh, With a a threatened species listing, um, really the state of Montana has very, um, I guess, limited opportunities to address those conflicts. And that's really, so the problem is just going to get worse for landowners across the state of Montana as these bears continue to expand. Well, and just mentioning uh, the uh, visual that I'm looking at uh, to paint a visual in the mind of our listeners, overall livestock payments uh, due to livestock loss to animals like grizzly bears or or other uh, uh, predators out there is over $250,000 in 2019. That's up from just at $100,000 back in 2014. And and to put that into perspective for cattle payments, that's over $200,000 in 2019 of that overall arching uh, uh, entire livestock category. So that's a lot of payments going out from the state of Montana to producers that have been impacted by these, uh, by uh, species like grizzly bears, just to kind of to, to show that upward trend of livestock losses due to depredation. Um, from the Montana stock growers uh, point of view, where where do you go from here? Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, MSGA does not believe that there is much science in this decision, and it's uh, so you're saying this is a political decision, Jay. Well, certainly, I think from our perspective, it appears to be. I mean, there is a five year there did did conclude a five year status review, um, but when we hit recovery goals, um, you know, in 1997, uh, we had them delisted in t- 2007. Uh, court went back to court. They were um, put back onto the list in 2008. Uh, we tried again in 2017. They were delisted once again, went to court, put back onto uh, the listed status again. Um, I think at this point, really, the only reasonable approach and is going to be a very difficult approach would be just national legislation. There was recently some legislation that was introduced, our Senator Danes. Uh, was one of the co-sponsors on there just to uh, address this at the national level. We know that we uh, have a difficult time winning in court, so it might take an act of Congress. But, you know, with this administration, there's going to be certainly not a lot of enthusiasm to do that. And, of course, that legislation, Jay, as you mentioned, was put forward by uh, Wyoming U.S. Senator Cynthia Lummis uh, that was called the Grizzly Bear State Management Act of 2021. And that act would direct the Secretary of Interior to reissue a final rule relating to removing the greater Yellowstone ecosystem population of grizzly bears from the federal list of endangered and threatened wildlife. Um, But as we look at that, is that more of a symbolic a piece of legislation going forward now that the Senate is uh, tied 50-50, it, would there be any chance during this Congress to, to see that pass? I think uh, it would place pretty significant challenge to get this bill to move forward. 
I think this bill is a little different even. Uh, people have a different perspective on grizzly bears versus wolves. And so it was always going to be a tough piece of legislation to get passed. But uh, given the, the makeup in, in the Senate um, and in the House, I think it will be extremely difficult to get this bill passed. And so I think once again, just landowners are going to be faced with the aftermath of having to, to deal with these conflicts and not um, necessarily having um, a lot of ability to, to reduce that threat. What are some of the other resources that the Montana Stock Growers Association and its partners have out there for livestock producers that have been impacted by grizzly bears or maybe some of the opportunities they have at sitting at the table discussing uh, the impact that uh, this species has on their family operations? Uh, could you maybe share a few examples of, of uh, some of the collaboration or resources that producers can utilize out there in the countryside? Yeah, certainly. We work really closely with the Livestock Loss Program out of the Department of Livestock. We also have worked really closely with Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Uh, one of the things that we put forth was a grizzly bear coordinator so that when you have an issue with a grizzly bear, you can make one phone call and get some response. So that has been a positive. Um, we've also put together a pamphlet on here's some alternatives of what producers can do if they are faced with grizzly bears. So that has helped. Um, in addition to that, we've also worked at implementing a new carcass removal program up along the Rocky Mountain front. So they're not an attractant to grizzly bears as they're um, coming out in the springtime. That has helped. Um, in addition to that, we're also working in, um, and which is already passed now, is putting more money into the livestock loss program for the preventative measures. So an additional 100,000 and so if we can put up electric fence to try to, you know, navigate some of those difficult areas where uh, we can remove grizzly bears and, and um, certainly fence them out. Electric fence is um, a pretty viable tool. We know that you're not going to fence an entire ranch, but if we can do a calving pasture, uh, there's some assistance there, too. So those are just a few of the things that we've been working on to help kind of reduce those impacts to livestock producers. And one thing that I want to address is a lot of folks out there uh, on social media land and, and the theories that get thrown out there is that, that ranchers and landowners are not against seeing grizzly bears in our public spaces or out in wildlife, but that there has to be a reasonable uh, management approach to these bears so that uh, they fear humans, uh, that there are more tools in place to help those that have been impacted by uh, grizzly bear depredation. Could you maybe just share that uh, the Montana Stock Growers is not against grizzly bears being in the wild because I have seen that comment floating about. Yeah, and certainly, um, I mean, ranchers provide habitat for every wildlife in Montana, and we do a tremendous job for that. I mean, uh, just the stewardship that um, livestock producers uh, provide is just astounding, I think, for Montana, and that's why we have the viable populations. We strictly, we, we simply don't want those to be living, um, you know, in our shelter belt in our, the back of our yard at our house. Uh, we think, you know, there's an appropriate place for them, uh, but when they are that familiar and that comfortable, um, like I said, living in town, living in people's backyards, that's where we need to take that opportunity to, in, uh, to, to push those bears out because there are going to be conflicts and, you know, and there are significant human safety issues with that. And we don't, you know, want people to get injured 
Um, and so we want to be able to protect not only, you know, our own personal safety, but we want to be able to protect our livestock also. And so the, the uh, follow-up question that to that is, uh, having the grizzly bear removed from the threatened uh, list under the ESA, what opportunities and tools does that provide to help protect uh, um, landowners and livestock in, in that exact uh, scenario that you just discussed? So, yeah. So currently, even under the current status of threatened, you can't even harass a bear. So we couldn't even as a producer go out there and, um, you know, get that bear to move on to some some other territory. So that is currently a, a huge um, issue for us as producers without getting into trouble. And so we want to make sure that, you know, if we remove those bears off there, then there's an opportunity uh, to, to implement some other tools to get bears like that uh, more uncomfortable living right in those community type settings or right in your farmstead or right in the back of your ranch. Um, and then also there is that ability then to uh, more easily remove those conflict bears because not all bears get into trouble, but those bears that are um, learn that um, cattle are, are a tasty meal, we want to make sure that there's that ability to remove those bears out of the population. So it actually does benefit the bears in themselves because you're only removing, removing those that, that cause conflicts. Again, uh, Jay, uh, I do have some other uh, MSGA related uh, questions for you, but anything else that you would just like to share with our listeners that are stock grower members, or maybe they're uh, just farmers or landowners or just folks enjoying this conversation, uh, any other items on the grizzly bear talking point that you would like to share here today? Well, I think it is important for people to become informed and certainly um, share your message, share our message in agriculture to a wider audience. I think there's always that opportunity because like you say, when we talk to our neighbors or our friends or our relatives that are outside of Montana or even outside of the ranching community, it's important to let them know that um, certainly ranchers are stewards of the land. We're, we're protecting habitat for wildlife, um, but yet we want to make sure that um, we have tools to tools to protect ourselves also. So, you know, take take advantage of sharing that message, and um, you know, we'll have information on our website that people can utilize for those talking points also. Now, also event wise, uh, the mid year meeting of the Montana Stock Growers is set to be in the heart of Central Montana, coming up June 9th through the 11th in Lewistown, Montana. Uh, Jay, how is that planning going? And um, crossing our fingers, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to all meet and, and have a, a a great productive meeting and see folks we haven't seen in a while. But uh, what's in store for folks for that mid year meeting coming up uh, the beginning of June? Yeah, we really are looking forward to that. We do. Uh, I think there is some excitement to be able to hold those kind of events once again and, and allow people to come to town and interact and, and set some policy. Uh, we're working on a, a number of kind of uh, speakers that I think are, will entertain folks and then also just engage folks uh, on the host of, of different issues that we face, you know, anything from cattle markets to the legislature. And so uh, we'll probably have a little entertainment along the way and uh, have some fun. And so that's always a good opportunity also to to uh, get away from the ranch for a day or two and, and uh, talk a little bit about issues that impact our industry, but 
have a little fun in the process. Well, uh, again, that mid-year meeting coming up June 9th through the 11th in Lewistown, Montana, the heart of the state of Montana. But Jay, I know it's a busy day with uh, so much going on with the legislative session underway. Uh, any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners and audience here today? No, certainly, you know, we're in the middle of the legislative session, but, um, you know, there are a lot of bills that people have interest in. And so if anybody has a question on any of those bills or um, potentially how that impacts uh, livestock or agriculture, feel free to give our office a call anytime and, and talk to, to us and, and we can walk through some of those bills. And so once again, I, our, our uh, doors open and our phone lines are, are open. So please give us a call if you have any questions. Perfect. Again, Jay Bodner with the Montana Stock Growers Association. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, thanks, Lane. I do appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. It's always a pleasure and uh, appreciate the efforts that you do too. So thank you very much. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Jay. Again, for more on the Montana Stock Growers, visit mtbeef.org. That will do it for this quick conversation here today on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning into the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.